0: Hello, friends, and welcome. I'm Piora Lise. And I'm Joe. Thank you for joining us this week on the Esoterics podcast. Hey, Joe, how are you doing? I'm super good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. I'm very excited for
1: today's episode. What's going on?
0: Yeah. You know, planning, planning for the retreat. Um, gosh, what is it now? Well, today's Monday. So and when this drops on Friday, we'll already be in yeah. Idlewild. So mm-hmm. um, there's lots, oh my gosh, so much to do over the next couple of days. It's freaking me out a little bit. Like I feel like, <laughs> am I going to be able to get it all done? Which I know I will, but yeah. it's it's at that overwhelming stage. What about you?
1: Yeah, uh, a little bit. I just realized I have to take it just one day at a time. Yep. Plan out, make a list. Yes, and that's it.
0: The, lists are are definitely my friend when it comes to um, any sort of feelings of overwhelm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm excited for it, and this is our first treat retreat together, but it's not my first retreat ever, mm-hmm. but they, they, it's completely different than the last one that I did because the last one involved like all these vendors and it was just nonstop, 24-7. Oh, yeah. That sounds uh, like a lot of work. Yeah. This one is just, I think it's going to be more chill, but, you know, um, it's also, I think it's going to be more profound.
1: Yeah. Definitely more profound or intense on another level and a
0: different level. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yes. Yes.
1: Do you have any announcements? I still have my shadow work courses are still available on my website. All my other readings are closed, uh, but the shadow work classes one hundred one, one hundred two, and one hundred three are still available for purchase. Those are already pre-recorded, so I just send you the link in the worksheets, and you got everything you need.
0: Yeah, it's important, um, you guys. You know, pick up those courses from her because. Right now, especially we're in Scorpio season. We're in November. Shadow work is huge, and all across all platforms, all of the intuitive messages coming from psychics, mediums, astrologers, numerologists, channels, all of them. The focus is on um, shadow work um, because November and December sort of show you what you know is mm-hmm. is is in store for you in the following year. So yeah. I'm excited about um, about 2022.
1: Me too. Yeah. All right. What are we talking about today?
0: Now, well, today we are going to talk about my passion project. We've touched on it in a couple past episodes, but um, this one's going to be a little different. We're going to talk about the other side, life between death and death. And the rebirth, the process of rebirth. So we're gonna get into it. Okay, but we're gonna do it in a different way because seriously, there's so much this could be a this could be a podcast that just focuses on life on the other side. Right. Um, so today I'm gonna use some notes, but um I've also both Fiora and I have both opened our Akashic Records. Um, I have asked my guides to sort of guide this discussion and, um, Fiora Lees is going to support, um, you know, the discussion with any and all questions, comments, insights, memories, anything that sort of pops up. And we're just going to have this really cool, like afterlife jam session today. Um, you know, and, and here's, here's why, because helping others navigate their next life choices and write their soul blueprints is my quote unquote job on the other side when i'm in spirit mm-hmm. so a lot of this is just this knowing this knowing that is sort of validated from you know reading like research from authors and um you know all of those all of my different client sessions um, and also reading books and, and all that stuff on like past life regressionists, hypnotherapists, that's always really cool. And then of course, just the exploration of not only my Akashic records and soul blueprint, but also everybody else's like all of my clients. And so, um, you know, this is a lot of this is just, you know, whenever I tried to like put it into words, it would just come to me in various visions and flashes and stuff. So I'm like, all right, well, I just have to let this one sort of flow. So yeah, that's how it's going to be a little bit different today. Great. All right. So in past episodes, we've sort of briefly touched on what it's like in the afterlife. Yeah. Um, What
1: are those sessions that we... So we had um, during episode nine, if anybody wants to scroll back and take a listen to these either for the first time or maybe again, episode nine was Soul Groups, Soul Families, and Soul Mates. And episode
0: 10 was Star Seeds and Star Children. Okay. And that's the one where we talk about soul age and all that stuff. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll touch on that. So, like I said, we briefly touched on what it's like in the afterlife. And this week, we're going to look at it in different phases or from different perspectives. Mm -hmm. So... At our truest nature, we are spiritual beings, right? Our life as humans, um, it's often been described as like playing a role in a movie. Um, You know, living each life as a different sex, a different race, a different culture, a different family, a different role. Um, Yet, you know, we have... These like deeply rooted memories of past experiences that sort of lie dormant just beneath the surface of our subconscious and they're ready to be remembered and integrated at the perfect moment. And I always feel like it's divine timing and divine order. All right. But right. Where do they come from? What happens in the time between our current lives or incarnate lives? Um, and when we dwell on the other side in spirit, you know, as mm-hmm. pure energy and light, and that's what we are. So what happens to us after we die? What is the process?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And there it's, there's a lot, there's a million different ways we could go. So again, I'm just going to let spirit guide this. Um, all right. So now while the afterlife has sort of been described in numerous ways, it, you can find it all over, Um sort of identified as different energies and in geographic locations and whatever. But what is sort of all generally agreed upon um, by people who have experienced things like astral travel, mediumship, channeling, um, people that have had near death experiences, people that access the Akashic records, and then also people who um, consistently undergo, you know, life between life or regression therapy. Okay. So what they all agree on is that our souls continue to experience consciousness when the physical body dies. And again, Uh if that's not something that, that, uh, you know, that you're into, go to the Google people because there's so much out there. And the actual death is a bit of a process. And they say, um, a lot of the, the research says that Um, it's much easier. Death is easy. That's nothing. It's Mm -hmm. birth that is the, you know, the big, uh, the challenge. Mm -hmm. So the actual act of death is, is there is a process involved in it, even though it's easy as because we have to integrate back into being a non-physical being, you know, we're returning to our normal state of spirit again, Mm. consciousness and light and pure energy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in that state, you know, one of the first thing that happens is that, you know, we have reunions with loved ones who are in spirit. We actually meet our spirit guides and then we have life reviews with them. And they're like, you know, this is what happened in your life and this is why you undertook it and this is what came out of it. And people, that can be hard. It, it sort of reminds me of one of the reasons when we did the Earthbound Spirit, yeah, um, why spirits don't want to return home because they don't want to mm-hmm. be judged. Yeah. yeah, Right? I'm well, afraid of that. The life review is non-judgmental, but people don't know that. So they're Mm -hmm. like, I'm not going back there to listen to that. (laughs) And then also, you know, there's a bit of a recovery period if your life was particularly difficult. Um, You know, there's rehab and, um, you know, so there's lots to talk about that, which it's actually more of a phase like of rejuvenation. um, But it's Mm -hmm. always described as a soul spending some time healing. Oh. Right. So what does happen? Once that soul reintegrates, the soul passes away, the soul reintegrates and they get their sea legs back, so to speak. Right. Mm -hmm. That's when we resume our real life, our authentic life, our truest nature in spirit. And over there on the other side, we have jobs, we go to school, we travel, we indulge our passions and our talents and we create, you know, things like our own homes, um, you know, using hmm. our super badass mastery of quantum energy because over there of course we we are masters at manifestation, instantaneous manifestation. So, you know, fundamentally there aren't a lot of differences between the physical and the spiritual. It's just that those differences are Uh, the difference that there are, are, um, they're profound. They're big. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so just to get a little of, of a little background into, um, you know, one of my favorite authors, Michael Newton, He's really had some of the most interesting research out there on this. Um, He explored what happens after we die. He's a hypnotherapist. um, And through his therapy, he encountered what he termed a life between life. Um, What takes place after passing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, many of his clients were just experiencing sort of the same thing. They were seeing themselves leaving their bodies. They were entering the spirit world and then they were reunited with loved ones and soul groups and they, you know, sort of had to reflect on the lives that they had led on earth. None of these people knew each other. They were all different. They came from different walks of life and different geographic locations, all of that. The part that really thrilled him, and this is, like I said, my absolute favorite jam, is that he also saw these people where these people saw themselves planning their next lives and choosing the bodies that they would inhabit and the situations that they would be born into. Mm. Um, you know, and their choices though were based on the lessons that they wanted to learn in that lifetime, lessons that they hadn't learned, karma, you know, karmic debt that they had carried over Yeah. Um, all of that in order to help them achieve that new life purpose. So You know, once I started reading on that topic, it just clicked into place and I was like, yes, I know about this topic. Why do Mm -hmm. I know about this topic? What is this? Why am I so intensely interested in anything having to do with this topic? And and then, of course, that brings up another question. Why do we just keep, do we just keep reincarnating over and over? Is that what we do? Yeah, Um, yeah. And if we do, for what reason? Why? What's the reason (laughs) behind it? What for? So, you know, I think um, in order to tackle this, like I said, vast topic, we have to start at the beginning. Yeah. All right. Soul age. Let's start there. The age of a soul. All right. Now, soul age is determined by the five stages that a soul has to go through or advance through during what's called its grand cycle. That's important. And we'll get to what grand cycle is Later, mm-hmm. but basically, a brand new baby soul that um, separates themselves, their self, from source energy, is like I'm brand new, and I get to learn all of the things yeah. that I'm supposed to learn in order to do what we don't know, right? But baby soul says I'm on my way, mm-hmm. and so as that soul evolves, we gather new experiences, we make choices, we learn all these lessons incarnate, and um, you know that's how you know, a soul uh, matures, but it's soul age isn't really important as far as better or worse. There's no hierarchy. There's no, it's simply a guide that helps us stay focused. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can also think of soul age as like chapters in their book of life. Um, All right. Now, so here's one of the easiest ways. And I think the most interesting ways that we can sort of see with our own eyes, sort of how important or not really how important, but how soul age works. By looking at different societies and cultures around the world, Mm -hmm. okay? So some societies are based on religious laws. And how do they enforce those laws? Like corporal punishment. Boo, right? Mm -hmm. Boo hiss. In others, well, even America, right? We have the death penalty. But in others, it's more predominant or prevalent to acquire wealth and power and global domination. Like, Then in those smaller regions, um, they still exist at like the level of hunter gatherers, like, like tribes. Okay. All of those cultures exist on this earth. Mm -hmm. Um, And they, they are there for a purpose, a very highly evolved soul. It's going to be very rare that they're going to go to one of those tribal um, communities or smaller regions. Okay. All right. So as I mentioned before, each, each of the five soul ages consists of those seven levels, and those are infant, baby, young, mature, and old. And you can check out one of those other podcasts to get into those. But I do want to touch on, um, you know, how they sort of, how we can um, recognize those. Mm or recognize ourselves like, well, what soul age am I? All right. So the first one, if you start with stage one, those are the infant souls. They begin, um, basically they're looking for, um, human survival. They're trying to learn human survival. Those are more of the, um, you know, where they incarnate near the equator where there's less frigid conditions, right? They can Uh thrive without modern shelter um, like Ethiopia, New Guinea, Cambodia. um, And they really rely on their instincts to navigate life. You know, they're also innately fearful. um, So (laughs) they tend to resort to like uh, violence without conscience uh, a little bit more. So again, tribes hunters gathers, which it's not their fault. That's what they know. Yeah. Then after seven stages or seven phases, we'll say of being an infant soul, because it's one through one through. There's seven stages of each. <laughs> there are seven phases of each stage. I know it's a little bit confusing. Oh, I see. Okay. But- okay. Yes. Okay. okay. I see what you mean. Okay. So you're you're an infant soul in at least at a minimum of seven lifetimes, um. because you have to cycle through each one of those phases
1: huh that's interesting i wonder yeah. if that's where like the because i've huh no because uh i was thinking of like how cats have nine lives or
0: whatever right like yes where does the number like that come from like you know uh, yeah i don't know what the origin of that is but that would be that would be a cool one to check into well, what if it was seven you know? you know what i mean like seven well uh, there's the superstition too of like if you break a mirror it's seven years of bad luck yep seven. Seven is a mystical, mystical number. Everywhere. Oh, sure. But isn't it interesting, right? That it's yeah. seven stages. So yeah. for instance, you can be an infant soul. Let's say you're born and you're supposed to learn um, a lesson, a specific mm-hmm. lesson, but mm-hmm. you don't learn it. And it takes you like four years, four lifetimes, I'm sorry, yeah. in order to advance to stage two oh. of the infant. So it's not that you get seven Past lives, or it takes seven lives to advance through the first level. Mm-hmm. It takes seven phases, and each life you could take five lives, six lives for each phase if you just don't learn your lessons. Ah, oh, got it, got it. Which got is it. why it's so important to learn those lessons. That's right. Exhausting. So then we go through baby souls. Those those are souls where they need a little bit more structure. They t- these are people that tend to live according to beliefs on religious dogma. Um, so you can see a lot of. We're going to start to see uh, now these descriptions that I'm about to share. You're going to be like, ah, yeah, I know who who a baby soul is in my <laughs> life. Uh-huh. Um they they pe- they only like people just like them. They like to be in communities, and then they become fearful when those um, when they're faced with diversity or oh, any sort of integration. <laughs> yep. So yeah, uh, they have very rigid black and white thinking. Um, there's a, <laughs> a complete lack of complexity in their personalities, um, and you know for those reasons they prefer the conservative cocoon of like small town life. Um, we te- typically find baby souls scattered across Middle America. Um, um, And they're also very well represented in like the Middle East and other areas of the world where religious fundamentalism sort of thrives like Iran, Mm -hmm. um, Iraq, Haiti, Ireland, um, Libya, the Middle East, you know, but again, America. Mm -hmm. All right. The next stage is a young soul. So you progress, you know, um, that's where you get a little bit more success oriented. You have high standards of personal achievement. They're very involved with their look. Um, You know, they're competitive, they're independent, they're profit motivated, they pursue anything that leads to prosperity. um, But they're often also uh, builders, Um, they're into technology and building and making the world beautiful infrastructure developers, all of that stuff. Um, They do not like to age at all. um, And they fight as often as possible against it, regardless of what their age is. And they thrive in countries like the US, China, um, the United Arab Emirates, that sort of thing.
1: Okay. Make sense.
0: Great. Right. Now we move into the more mature souls and they tend to be relationship oriented. A lot of times, you know, they gravitate toward uh, those connections where they're going to get something from it emotionally. Um, you know, it, uh, it, mature souls are the empaths of the world. They can feel this sort of intense energy. It makes their experience, you know, um, I don't know. It, There's emotion, there's compassion, they have a desire to serve, Um, they're also self-aware, but then they can also be, you know, dramatic, emotionally challenging, and then prone to victimhood. We all know those people, but that doesn't mean that that's all empaths. But mature souls, they have challenges as well, right? Right. Just because you're a mature soul doesn't mean that you don't have challenges. Um, They tend to prefer incarnation in European countries like England, Austria, Italy, and Poland. I'm not sure why, like, um, I think maybe because those are the older European right. countries and they've been around more and they do tend to be a little, well, not all of them, but some of them tend to be a little more progressive than definitely mm. here sure. in the US. Mm-hmm. And then that last one is stage five, old souls. Um, they really incarnate to seek the greater perspective of life, more of a live and let live. They don't really like to be told what to do. I think you and I are old souls. <laughs> 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 maybe we're we're between mature and old, I think um, it also what's interesting too, is that they, they tend to be a little bit lazy. I don't think that it's lazy that they don't do anything. I think it's, they're more like, I don't really want to, spend all my time doing all this work with no reward. you know, I want the reward because old souls know. like the, the working working and toiling it's all it's a human concept. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, they tend to be more comfortable in progressive countries like I talked about earlier, like Iceland, Holland, Amsterdam, Switzerland, Switzerland, Finland, Czechoslovakia, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. All right. so y- you can look at all of that and go, okay. Um, you know, Joanna, what does that mean with being on the other side? What that actually sort of helps set the foundation where you can sort of pigeonhole yourself and say, okay, well, I think I'm a mature soul or I think I'm a young soul or I think I'm an old soul or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's what helps you with that knowledge on the other side because that's what sort of drives your decisions and your In your current life, you can look around and say, Well, that's why I'm surrounded by these people or these situations, or these are my tendencies or that sort of thing. These are the lessons that I'm here to learn. Okay. Now let's get into um, the stages of living on the other side. Okay. So you die, right?
1: And then so your body,
0: you, so you're dead, you're dead. And then your body's, you know, your physical body, um, you leave it. And a lot of people experiencing, um, their soul detaching from the physical body, um, like a pulling in their belly. Hmm. Um, people explain that as they're being pulled upward toward that brilliant light. We're always telling people go or ghosts, go into the light, light. go into the light. Right. Um, many people report feelings of euphoria, freedom, like just intense mm-hmm. um, and it's that light that pulls them um it, as we've talked about some people go towards the light and others might linger for whatever yeah. reason now here's what really surprises people um, and these are people that have had ndes uh-huh. is that they say that nothing actually changes like you're still conscious um you know you know that you no longer have a body but it's not that you don't you just you don't. It's, it's, they say it's, it's very weird, but as a whole, you're still acutely 100% aware of your existence as a being. Mm -hmm. And so that's really, really, to me, that was the most comforting aspect of this. It's because a lot of people think, you know, think, oh, when we die, there's nothing. What? Yeah. Things just go black. Yeah. Right. Like, and they're like, nope, you're completely aware Mm -hmm. Of what's happening. Hmm. Phase two, then it's a homecoming, right? You're going home. You're going to enter into the spirit world. Um, You know, maybe you've passed through the tunnel of light. Um, You know, maybe you, um, whatever that looks like for you, because it it seems to be different for different people. But the standard is passing through a tunnel of light. Yeah. Um, You know, but then we also, that's when we get to, um, we're going to see you know, our spirit guides, or we're going to see family members that have passed over because the transition can be, you know, a little bit scary yeah. or confusing. And so those people are going to be there for us. People that we love and miss. And it's, it's a thrillingly happy reunion yeah. all by all accounts. Yeah. Um, We're also met by our master, our master spirit guide. That's the one who's been with us you know, most of our, our lives. Hmm. Um, people also, this to me is so beautiful. People also report or describe seeing small groups of soul energy that appear like a cluster of like translucent bubbles. Um, and those are often the souls who have shared past lives with us, or there are loved ones or whatever. So we don't see, we can see bodies and people can manifest themselves as bodies, but mostly it's, we see energy differently. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense. That makes tons of sense. Now, the other cool thing is that um, the people, some of the people that you see, mm-hmm. um, they could still be physically alive in the earth world because when a person incarnates, their higher self remains in the spirit world and then the quote unquote lower self sort of is what inhabitates the body. Sure, okay. Inhabitates, I just made up a word, inhabits. (laughs) So, which I think would be kind of freaky, right? Because if you passed away and then you get on the other side and you're conscious that you've passed and that you're on the other side and then all of a sudden you see your friend who is just next (laughs) to you. Yeah. Uh It's like, did you die too? Did you die too? (laughs) (laughs) No. No, dude, I'm just here to help. There's also a period of time after a soul goes back you know, goes back home or arrives on the other side where they get to enter this place of healing to restore a lot of times people um, that have been big dicks in life, or they've had a very difficult lifetime, like lots of abuse and um, trauma, they go to, or they committed suicide. Yeah. Yeah. I have heard that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And they go to, you know, this, it's more like a, you know, like a wellness center or rehab center. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the first time when I was doing a reading, the first time that I saw that was this, this client, her dad had passed over and um, she wanted to connect with him. Mm-hmm. And so I did everything, you know, I say their name three times and I'm like, you know, can you step forward you know, do you have any messages for so-and-so? And it, they showed clairvoyantly, I saw in my mind's eye, he it was him and he was lying in a bed and it was this, this beautiful, like like 1940s hospital bed, you know, it was like all mm-hmm. white, white sheets, but these beautifully, beautiful, like billowing white curtains, you know. So it was a very beautiful, breezy, warm, cozy, loving energy. Yeah. And then his spirit guide stepped forward and he said, "You know, no, he can't come. He's recovering, um, but I've um, I'm speaking as his advocate, and so that's how I got messages for my client." From the father that was rehabbing. And the father had a very, 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 he, uh, I believe he suffered a, a big illness, but he was also not a good guy. I, not mm-hmm. a good guy, is in, um, you know what I mean? Like he was abusive and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And then, okay, so healing and restoration, who knows how long that can take, but that's a phase of, you know, after you pass over, you know, again, it's not just the black void. You're actually going to get the healing that you need, you get mm-hmm. cleansed. Um, it's sort of, it's like your, your traumas get cleansed and it's by being bathed in a stream of healing energy. So I always thought that was a beautiful sort yeah. of, um, yeah. you know, visual the next phase is the life review and everybody knows about the life review. Everybody's like, Oh, I've heard of that. It's, it's the most common, you know, what happens on the other side. Uh Um, You have a review with your spirit guides and then you have one with your elders. And so how it's been described is that you're standing in front of like this council of elders, mm-hmm. um, very loving, loving, loving beings. Not, no not judgment,
1: judgment, not a, not a, not a panel of judges, right? <laughs> not
0: a panel of judges. It is a panel of, yeah, like really, you know, deep, awesome ass energy. Mm-hmm. And your past life, this is where the term your life flashes before your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like flashed, it's shown to you holographically. So th- okay. it's like this okay. holographic. So you're standing in front of it. Now, here's the, here's the part that I think is cool, but that people are like, yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> when we review our life, we're not reviewing it for our experiences. Yeah, We're reviewing it to experience how we impacted others. So every damn mean thing you say to somebody, you're going to be feeling it. In your life review from their side. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun. That does not sound like <laughs> fun at all. And a lot of time, all of the reports are that the soul actually is harder on themselves. And one of the reasons that the elders are there is to sort of balance that yeah. and shoot, sort of surround you or shoot you with um, non judgmental love. And so it's more. You can be a little bit more because of that energy and because things are different on the other side, you can be a little bit more, your perspective is different. So you're Mm -hmm. looking at it and you're experiencing that energy of hurt that you've placed on somebody else, but you're not sort of letting it overtake you. You're just like, hmm, that's interesting. I hurt Mm -hmm. them really bad by saying that or doing that. Yeah. It really is. This is also something that you can do when you open up your Akashic record, too, Okay, um, is that you can review your life experiences or just your memories um, Mm -hmm. with an emphasis on sort of the minds and emotions and impacts on those that you interacted with. Yeah. I don't know. Some people that I mean, I for me, I think that's a huge, wonderful tool for especially for shadow work.
1: Yeah, know it it definitely is. It's one of those things where you can go back into that moment and regardless of the outcome of what happened in that situation is you can forgive yourself and forgive the other person and and take what you learn from it and integrate it as a lesson, but let it go as a burden that yes. you might have to carry around with
0: you. It- Perfectly stated, exactly. And that it's that burden that keeps us in suffering. You know, that's mm-hmm. like a Buddhist tenet. Um, okay, so the Council of Elders, we'll, we'll touch on those. You know, they're highly evolved spirits. They encourage patience and they encourage us to stay true to our values. They never admonish us, they just accept that. The most challenging path for us was walked down and then they want you to refocus and move on. So, you know, a lot of times we like to beat ourselves up and we can use this, this sort of advice in my, in, in our current lives right now, whenever something happens and we beat ourselves up, Oh, why did I say that? Why did I do that? You know, why didn't I have better emotional control? it's just acknowledge that, listen, I just walked down probably the most difficult path. I chose the most difficult path Mm -hmm. because now I'm struggling with those emotions. What, like you just said, what did I learn from this? How can I move on? How can I release this? How can I forgive myself? You know, all that stuff. So that's what the council of elders, it's like, logistically you're standing um you've got your holographic review but the council are they sort of circle you so they create sort of the space of love and they're just really masses of light and they exude this like i said earlier this overwhelming almost um sense of intensely deep love so that's that's really cool um and then when we're in their presence that's when we experience those um previous lives all over again but or our just recent life all over again, but with yeah. crystal clear clarity. Hmm. They also want us to focus on the triumphs. Really, really focus on our triumphs, and then sh- they want us to see how our challenges, what good came from them, what we experienced as a result of our choices and our challenged okay. So, we can ask them questions. Mm-hmm. Um, we can ask them questions about our life purpose and our soul advancement. We can do that in the akashic records. Um, we can do that also in regression um and like past life um, regression therapy with a hypnotherapist um we're able to explore why our spirit chose to come into our most recent lifetime and then answer all those questions we've ever had about our human self so um you can go in and address or work with the council of elders in both you know after you pass over obviously but Also, you can work with them in the Akashic Records or um, by way of regression or past life um, hypnosis regression. Mm. Okay. The next phase is reintegration with our soul group, right? We talked about our soul group, our soul family, um, after the life review, that's when we get to really join our friends. That's when we're sort of sent back to our life. Mm -hmm. Um, that's where we meet all of our people. Um, everybody's on the same soul evolutionary level. Okay. Within your group. And it's my understanding that when you're first separate from source, when you're a brand new infant soul, Mm -hmm all of the infant souls, let's say six or seven separated, and then you go into your soul group or, or I'm sorry, your soul family, soul group, there's a difference there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you always are in the same soul family. Now, if you advance, I'm just going to say, quote unquote, faster. If you advance through all of your soul ages and your soul um, stages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Faster than the people in your group, you don't leave them. Mm-hmm. Um, you actually take on the role of teaching, or you also um, you start to take sort of excursions to um, different dimensions and with different groups that will so that you can continue to evolve and grow, but you're still connected with your soul family. I see. Okay. Yeah, which I thought was so awesome. Like,
1: oh, yay! That is, yeah, that is cool.
0: And that soul group. Ursul family remains consistent from lifetime to lifetime, and then um, once that group is formed, they don't typically add new members. I, you know, of course, there's mm. um, a uh, you know um, exceptions to everything, but you know, and of course, the biggest question is, how do I know? <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Like, how do you know? You know, I I don't. I'm basing all of this on. Like I said, my exploration of my soul blueprint, my past lives, my life between life, and then all of the research that I do on all of the other professionals out there that regress people.
1: Yeah. And that's where a lot of this information has been accumulated from over the years. I mean, I talked a lot I've talked a lot about Dolores Cannon, but that's yeah, you know, how she gathered information was just regressing people yep. so far back down their past lives to the point where she got back to their origins <laughs> yeah so yeah and and when you get people like that and other people who maybe did not communicate with her or have anything to do with her work and they all came up with the same responses the same information mm-hmm. it's like well i don't see how you can negate that like
0: exactly exactly like at some point you know, it's, it's, it it's, it's, it makes, it's common sense, you know, mm-hmm. enough, enough synchronicities or coincidences. It's not a coincidence. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when you see like, you know, one after, after you've seen one eleven like six times and you're like, what, what is this? What's going on here? Why am I seeing this? Yeah. All right. So you reintegrate back with your group and then you, uh, you get to begin your daily life. And that's really when life on the other side gets, um, fun and interesting because when you're in the spirit world, your work isn't work. It's you pursue your passions, you pursue your talents, you develop your strength in your talents. Um, you know, and a lot of those talents, um, manifest in our everyday life. So Mm -hmm. somebody who's a singer on this, you know, incarnate, um, probably that's one of their passions, um, in spirit. And so, Mm. you know, they, Sing all day long, you know, or, yeah, you know, whatever they do. We also work with souls um, who have incarnated as humans, so we're training to be guides, um, all of that stuff. That's what I do on the other side. I help people um, plan their next incarnation and write their soul blueprint. Oh, cool. so in this life, I help people interpret it, yeah. Um, we, uh, you know. We, we do, we do work on relationships there. So for instance, if you incarnate with somebody and you're supposed to like sort of bring balance to the relationship and both of you pass over and you haven't done that, then Mm -hmm. you continue that work on the other side. But then we're out of ego and we can do it um, at much bigger levels. Mm Mm-hmm. We may do service work. We pitch in to help, you know, um, this thing called the plan of salvation. Um, I'm not super sure what that is specifically, but to me, it feels like, um, you know, pitching in, um, it feels like the energy that's coming through is they're showing me like third world countries. Third, yeah, they're going my legs. They're tangling. So mm. it's about teaching people how to be. Um, um, it doesn't feel like more of a humanitarian. It feels like, and this is coming through live, it feels like what they're showing me is there's an actual plan. If humanity implodes or goes down the road of implosion, there is an actual plan. But they're also telling me that what implosion or going down the wrong path looks like to us is entirely different. On what it looks sure. like to spirit mm-hmm. so while no while now COVID who has you know now COVID has claimed you know what 500,000 lives or, or five million if it, it's 700,000 in the U.S. I mean. s- there's so yeah. many there was there was a five so maybe it was five million I don't know I think um,
1: worldwide
0: yeah worldwide so now that it's claimed so many lives you know those of us that are here are like The world's going is going to hell it's going Mm -hmm. into uh, in spirits like it's actually not you're actually on track you're doing exactly what's supposed to be happening Mm -hmm. in order to further the evolution of life so uh, that's what that plan of salvation means i guess that's what i just got there Hmm. um so you know you have lives um like i said jobs relationships travel learning education all of that stuff and again you're you're a conscious being so you're doing this you're not in a dream state. You're actually experiencing this. Yeah. But then eventually the soul is motivated to begin the process of reincarnation again, right? Because after we get over there, life is amazing. There are no challenges, there are no struggles. It's just happy, happy, happy. I'm not saying that spirit gets bored with being happy, but spirit wants to again re experience life incarnate. So mm. help me like put this into perspective. What is something that we do? And then once we do it, we're like, oh, my God, I'm 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 so vacation. glad that's over going on vacation. Very good. Right. It's a little bit draining.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. fun. You get there. You do the things. But then at some point you're like, OK, but I'm ready to go back. Like,
0: I'm ready to go home. I want my home. own bed. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you're home, and then what? Like six, seven months later, you're like, "I need a damn vacation." Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Wonder. Great analogy, right? That was perfect. <laughs> I would have struggled with that because I'm like, "I don't know," but that's perfect. That's actually what happens, and so that's when we begin the process, and it's it's a process. It really is. So, what I have come up with is sort of there's like four questions. So mm. when we're souls. And we're ready to begin the process of planning our next incarnation. There are four questions. Mm -hmm. The first one is, am I ready for a new physical life? Okay. Mm. Legit question, of course. Mm -hmm. The second one is, what specific lessons do I want to undertake to advance my learning, my development, my growth, my spiritual path?
1: Yeah.
0: Third question, where should I go? Where do I want to go? how do I do this? And then the fourth question is who should be in my life for the best opportunities to work on my goals? Mm. Right. So those are the four questions. And, um, I mean, you know, you could use those four questions in your current life yeah, to make decisions. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So then we move into phase seven, the actual next life selection process. This is the biggest process. This is the longest process. It might actually just be the fact that it's the most, it's the one I know the most about. And so that's why I have the most information on it. Okay. All right. So the question is. What experience do I want next? Because here's the thing, many souls, they don't want to leave, right? The other side, um, you know, they're there, um, you know, so to go back and to experience, you know, pain, suffering, injustice, and all of that stuff, they're, they're not keen on it. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are those we just talked about earlier who are ready. They're ready for their next incarnation, but that there also are those that are like, yeah, I don't want to do that. Sure. And that's when spirit guides come in and they're like, listen, if these are your goals and this is your plan and -hmm. these are your soul goals, then probably the best choice for you is going to be a life on earth. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are a lot of reports, I guess, that – souls consider earth to be like this you know wild wild west like why would you ever go there like oh my <laughs> god you're going to do earth because it's such a dense difficult 3D existence and i've read that there are other planets and also i got validation on this one that mm-hmm. there are other universes and solar systems and planets um that are similar to earth but that are not as difficult so yeah It feels like if you know, we really need to congratulate ourselves because we're like, you know, PhD in down here.
1: Yeah, that there are some, um, I don't know what you want to call them universes exist, I don't know, whatever, um, where people don't have free will, like the the majority of, of other whatever how what, what don't you want to call it? worlds or whatever mm, yeah. um f- they don't have free they don't have free will
0: how do you of- think that works like how can you not have free will like you don't get to make choices maybe this is the universe that we learn about choice yeah so
1: that there's some existences i guess i
0: don't know what word to use
1: uh-uh. um where we're just like where people are just energy generators like that's all they are they're just <gasps> the energy matrix. generators
0: the matrix but i don't
1: have to have a human form i've actually i've experienced this in um during um, a medicine ceremony with with ayahuasca where it was i was like kind of annoyed it was like wait a minute why did we pick this one why did we pick earth like earth is really hard like we mm-hmm. have to deal with these bodies and if you don't feed them and care for them properly they fall apart or mm-hmm. you know they get sick um and and uh that yeah that there are other planets or whatever that people are just you're just a life a light form like mm-hmm. an energy form and that's your your job your purpose as a being is just to produce energy and you're just like a beacon they're just like beacons of light that's all they are there's no human form
0: Okay, and can we just touch on the act of pooping because I right. have always thought it's absolutely disgusting, right? Why do we have to eliminate it? I mean, I understand having to no. eliminate it because we're right. organic, we got to take but it what in, does it's it got to come out. It stink and all of that. Yeah. And why right. does it come
1: out the way it does like you look at rabbits It comes out in like little balls that little don't really pellets. smell that bad. Right. Yeah. So, yes, I'm with you. And I, yeah, I had this whole thing of like, Mm -hmm. why did we incarnate here? And why do Mm -hmm. we have these bodies? And we Mm -hmm. need to have toilets. And Mm -hmm. yeah, and you have to eat the right foods. And there's sort Mm -hmm. of foods that will kill you. And yeah, of course, like, it is, it is complicated. And it's difficult.
0: (laughs) When I first realized that I was a starseed, it was because of that whole, why, why do I have to poop? (laughs) <laughs> and and right. pooping is just really for me. It's it's un. Uh, um. Yeah, it, it's undesirable I, yeah, It's not undesirable. something that I ever want to do Although, listen, there is a lot to be said For uh, the first poop after your coffee In the morning, it's quite relieving It's nice, <laughs> it's like okay, <laughs> We're going to talk poop in this episode Because it's strictly Well, it's not strictly human, it's strictly Third dimensional But <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's a bunch of bullshit So if I have a choice to incarnate As a being who poops or who doesn't poop I'm going to pick who doesn't poop every time Yeah it's inconvenient. Um, all right. Now, here's the other thing that happens in the life selection process is that we only choose incarnations that we're capable of handling. Okay. But things always don't go as planned. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you see people and this has a lot to do with um, with suicide. And I've said mm-hmm. this before that I have a lot of compassion for people that choose to end their own lives because it's like summer camp. They just couldn't handle it. They just yep. wanted to go they home. Go home. Um, and so- In spirit, they're saying, "You can handle this. I can handle this. This is no big deal." But then, once we get down here in these three dimensional, dense nonsense, Mm -hmm. we're like, "Yeah, no, I'm not doing that." Yeah, Um, this is bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, everything that we wish to experience in our next physical life, we choose that during life selection. Um, You know, so if you were a wealthy woman in a past life, then you might want to experience your next human incarnation as an impoverished. Impoverished male. Mm. Um, You know, so to begin that selection, um, you are your higher self, right? So that's why I always tell people whenever you talk to your spirit guides, just talk to your higher self because your higher self is your spirit. It is your biggest, greatest spirit guide. Mm -hmm. You know, your master guide is your biggest guide, but your higher self is that's, you know, for those of us that believe, you know, in that God source sort of spark that's god yeah so you work with you work with your higher self and your spirit guides to create that brand new soul blueprint that new life plan all right Mm -hmm. so it's just as there was sort of a debriefing interview when you returned home, there's also another one to sort of help determine your soul's readiness for rebirth. Mm-hmm. And that's why those four questions are so important because you have to have answers to those or else your guides are going to be like, yeah, dude, I don't think you're ready. Like you yeah. need to stay. Yeah. Um. And so, you know, there's so much to consider where you want to go, what do you want to do? Um, you know, they also can sort of in that amazing quantum energy, you can sort of watch like a movie trailer and get highlights of certain possibilities and choices. So if I incarnate as a man and I live in this place and then I make the choice of this, what are the potentials and possibilities? And that, you know, sort of that Akashic, um, hologram will sort of show you and you can go, ah, Ah, yeah, that's, that's going to work. Souls are reincarnating more frequently in recent centuries today. And um, we typically have at least two lives in the past century. I think more, but you know, that's typically. Um, We're not required to reincarnate, but we're encouraged by our spirit guides when the time is considered right. Divine timing, divine, all of that stuff. So what we do is we go to that place of selection and we examine all the different types of life available to lead. Okay. Now I've told, I've talked about us um, choosing a new body, the geographic location, and all of that stuff. All right. But here's where I geek out. Mm-hmm. So in the life between life process, and this came through as a channel. Uh-huh we use astrology and numerology to pinpoint the exact date time and geographic location that we want to be born in huh. so we learn to identify those planetary positions the lunar phases the ast- astrological events eclipses and um, um, you know retrogrades and all of those things that we're going to need in our life in order to help us carry out all the details of our life plan. So we use astrology and numerology to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, as I was typing up these notes for the show, and that was actually this morning, because I'm like, ah, I got to add more, I got to add more. I was getting the sense that there were Also other sort of more advanced methods of next life selection than just astrology and numerology. And I was sitting there and I'm like, there's more, there's more. And all of the sudden, the words Vedic astrology, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Vedic. Vedic. Mm -hmm. It came up and I heard those words and I was like, well, I don't know what that is, spirit. So you know what I, you know, I took to the Google Mm -hmm. and this is, you can't make this shit up. It said in the earliest days Vedic astrology was used to determine important dates for sacrifices and rituals. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. but over time it became increasingly personalized, and people started studying its planetary movements in an effort to understand their own destiny. Mm-hmm. So it's related to these ancient Indian practices, um, yoga or Veda, um, all of yes. that stuff, and it offers us a guide or a roadmap to a better understanding of our uh, our physical our emotional, our spiritual, and our monetary experiences, right? Our life path. And so Vedic astrology is based upon one's individual karma, mm-hmm. karmic debt, past lives. Um, and it tends to provide insight into our personal dharma, which is our life path. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it can reveal our innate gifts and challenges. So that just goes beautifully with um, uh, specifically life path, than soul blueprints, numerology, but then, you know, it's the foundation of astrology. So yeah. I was really blown away when I, when I was like, oh my God, <laughs>
1: yeah, Vedic, that is yeah. so
0: cool. Mm-hmm. Do you, have you studied Vedic A astrology? little
1: bit, a little yeah. bit. It's just, it's very different. It's very yes. different from the, um. The stuff that's Western astrology, more Western, yeah, yeah. And I believe the calendar is a little bit different. Yeah, there's, yes. there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts to it that are different, but it's
0: more ancient. It's more ancient, and mm-hmm. that was what 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 came through because, basically, it it felt like a mix between advanced technology that we have no idea mm-hmm. and. The ancient so that's the energy that was coming through and that's when the words Vedic came in when I checked out um you know there's there is a difference mm-hmm. I am in in the Vedic calendar I guess or chart I am Sagittarius which oh. mm-hmm. I disagree <laughs> I don't know that there's a lot about Sagittarius that I really am but you know I mean you know what? It, what it reminds me of, um, which it's
1: again, same same thing, just different part of the world, is the Mayan calendar. Mayan calendar uh, has yes. the same same thing. It's all it also has. You know, it gives you a name based on the time of the the. You know, it's between the times you were born. It's like, it's
0: their ancient astrology, quote mm-hmm. unquote. Yeah. And of course, everything having to do with the Mayans, in my opinion, is based on the aliens. Mm-hmm. which is you know there's mm-hmm. where the
1: information came from it's everyone got it from the the All we call them aliens, the aliens but it's basically just otherworldly beings right yep. otherworldly beings
0: and- um okay so at this point um you know we're we're in the process we're writing our soul blueprint we've we're you know um we know what our challenges are we've sort of created this purpose you know um it, it, plus when you look at it from that standpoint, you know that all of the challenges that you're experiencing in this life, they do have a very f- clear purpose. They're not meant to be punitive, random or create needlessly suffer needless suffering. Like mm. you wrote them in your own soul blueprint in order to um, experience choice and as a result of that choice growth. So, you know, this cycle sort of continues for thousands of years as we gradually gain wisdom, you know, experience and all that good stuff, right? Also, our ex- our personality carries over from one life to the next. So oh, okay. just because you're a wealthy woman doesn't mean that as an impoverished male, you wouldn't also, you know, have a good sense of humor or whatever.
1: I'll carry some traits. I used to do okay. this. Weird- oh, I still do it. I've done it my whole life since I was a little girl. I always turn my pinky up when I drink something.
0: Oh, ah, right. So that comes—that comes from when you were bougie in a or past something. Life. Because I've been
1: doing it since I was like three, four years old, and my mom be like, "What are you doing with your finger?" I don't know. It's how I hold cups. <laughs> I don't
0: know. <laughs> it's how I was born. It's how I was born. We also, when we choose our bodies, we'll choose, you know, any challenges. Um, you know, some bodies, um, obviously you might choose to experience a major injury, illness, disease, physical disability, you know, um, you know, and so all the effort required to deal with having a physical body that's maybe outside of the norm of, you know, standard, um, that's all accelerates your spiritual evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Oh, amnesia. Why do we forget all of that? And we've talked about this in a yes. group a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you come into a new life, your self-discovery is not inhibited and, you know, you're able to um, stick to your plan.
1: Yeah. And if you are given a test and then they give you all the answers, then what's the point of the test? Right. Exactly.
0: Um, Okay. So um, then we move into phase eight. Honestly, I could spend all day on phase – on the – I think I got my numbers wrong, but the next life selection process, I could spend all day on that. Phase. Mm-hmm. All right. But then you have to be prepped, right? Because, you know, we're excited. We're like, I'm going to go do this thing. I'm going to go to the wild, wild west, whatever. Um, you know, but you have to be prepped because now that you've chosen all of those things, including your astrology, numerology, you know, the lunar phases, all that stuff. Now the synchronicities, they all have to be planned to ensure that those you take certain steps in that life at certain times. Um, you know, for example, if you choose to be in like a relationship with someone at a certain time, um, you might plan to see a symbol, right? A on or something like that. It's an object, a spoken phrase, maybe some music. And when those appear, when you first encounter this person at the soul level, the subconscious level, you know that you're exactly where you're supposed to be. This is really when our, our spirit guides step in and then they help assist us in this preparation. And now, like, you know, whenever you might hear me say, you know, ask your spirit guides for help. Okay, spirit, I'd like to experience this thing next. They're the ones that are behind the scenes sort of making everything happen. They're just activating those symbols, those synchronicities, those plannings, those meetings, those cladons, all of those things. Um, so then once you get all that worked out, then you have to meet with, um, you have one more meeting with the Council of Elders. And then mm-hmm. they're just sort of like, it's like parents sending you off before college. Though, like, no,
1: remember <laughs> your goals. Except you're going to create them. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> remember what you're there to do. But you're okay. not going to get to remember.
0: Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, what's the point? Like, why do you have to, like, give me that? Why can't I just leave me alone? I'm- growing up, whatever. <laughs> this is like, good luck. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, they get their, they get their coaching right before their new life starts. And then the next step is rebirth, man. Rebirth. Rebirth is profound. Um, the soul returns inside of a baby, um, you know, and, um, you know, it's, like I said, every sort of text says that it's so much easier to die than to be born. Um, You know, so the return sort of flight, you also experience that tunnel of light. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the, um, but the transition is faster. Like your consciousness is in spirit one moment and then boom, next moment you're in 3D. And so it can be really confusing. Um, so there is integration required. Um, you know, that baby's coming from a state of all knowing, right? So it needs to mentally adjust to, you know, those surroundings and the fact that it's now a physical being and it's stuck in this hot little, little yes, place and can't breathe. And it's got, you know, God knows what jammed down its throat (laughs) or whatever. Um, now there are different stories when it comes to, um, you know, the baby in womb. Um, yes. Some sort of, uh, there's no word I'm looking for, but, you know, some um, say that we can go in and out at will i believe this mm, mm-hmm. this is the one that's always resonated the most strongly with me you can go in and out at will you go in you connect with the mother um, create that connection that's when babies kick they move you know um, it's all about you know giving the mother the experience uh, this is right now coming from spirit it's all about giving the mother of experience of connecting with that life force inside them they also want the mother to understand what a gift it is in order to be able to give life and create something from within mm, oh
1: beautiful! that was
0: a channel guys that was cool <laughs> um and so i'm um, sorry i'm i'm completely thrown off now i'm like um gotta look back at my notes yes yeah, so you're um, saying that they can come in at, at will they can come and go at will yeah, thank you very much. Um, the soul can move in and out of its body until it's time for the birth of the baby. Mm-hmm. Now, some people uh, all, uh, think that the baby comes at a certain time and just stays in there the whole time, but it, it's consciousness. Consciousness can come and go, and the higher self, remember, is on the other side. So, mm-hmm. And it, it can never be destroyed. It can never be destroyed. So if that energy and that consciousness is... In just the mom, mm-hmm. um, it that, that that doesn't make sense because the higher self is always on the other side, so yeah. it, it's really my Capricorn brain is like that's not logical. Mm-hmm. My, and the way that Dolores Cannon explained
1: um, miscarriages is that sometimes mm-hmm. the energy of the baby and the mother just don't aren't a good match at that moment, and so then it just everything just kind of flushes out, like the you know. Yep. And then it's like, okay, we're going to try again. And if that's going to happen,
0: it's they're going to keep trying to come through. Yeah. Because there's so many lessons. So take mm-hmm. that miscarriage, right? So um, the, the baby can also change its mind at the last time. The baby can be like, you know what? Because again, we have free will. Mm-hmm. The baby can be like, yeah, no, no, I'm not doing this. I'm sorry. I'm not doing this. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And so then- there's if if a new life isn't in the wings mm-hmm. to take up that fetus and become that that then probably what happened is that the mother and the baby had a soul contract because the mother needed to experience you know the atrocity yeah, of you know mis- miscarriage or whatever you know mm-hmm. uh, listen don't come at me because that starts people saying why would the why would they ever choose that why would we ever choose any atrocity Mm -hmm. i'm not saying that we do because everybody has free will but that by that baby choosing to say no it then created a situation Mm -hmm. right so i can't explain everything um but yeah
1: but also release the judgment around it you don't have to judge you know you don't have to
0: judge somebody else's circumstance right or their ideas or beliefs or you know their rationalizations exactly um, you know, there's twins, um, you know, so one twin is born and the other one isn't at the mm-hmm. last minute. Um, I've had people come through, um, in readings where, um, there were, they were twins in the womb and their twin came through and said, I'm sorry, I just didn't want to do it. Um, and so that's always really, really cool. Um, you know, when, when they come through, so there's tons of reasons, but the point is, is that we have free will up until the point of being burned or born. And then even then we still continue to have free will, but hmm. The other reason that the baby comes in and out is because it has to integrate with the developing brain of the baby. Um, and so, you know, that's that's a really important thing. Um, the soul actually has an out if the mother is going to die too, or like I said, if it changes its mind about this incarnation and another soul, if it's ready, can take its place waiting in the wind. Yeah. All right, so basically after the birth, then the union of spirit and flesh, we'll call it, comes together uh, into uh, this in partnership, and um, then the soul becomes the seed of perception for the developing human ego. That's why we say ego isn't a bad thing. Ego is there to help keep you safe. Yeah. Because you have free will, you're going to make choices that do not support safety or common sense. <laughs> So it's the ego's job to say the ego is like the regulator. Yeah. All right. Um so basically you've just you've departed the spiritual well, realm, you know, um you know, it, you're born, um you know, and then the whole process starts all over again. Mhm. Um now how we bring intuition and spirituality and all that stuff into it is the fact that we're intuitive beings. Um you know, some babies are born to embrace their And you know, spiritual sensitivities, their empathic abilities, their intuitive abilities, and then at a very young age, they, you know, remember who they are, because that's been encouraged and nurtured. Others um, would incarnate into a a very conservative, you know, religiously dogmatic family, in because the challenge for them is, am I able to embrace my truest nature, my authentic nature, my spiritual nature? um despite being raised by very very conservative you know um, yeah. you know people so again there's, we could we could talk about this all day long it's a mm-hmm. vast 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 topic but those are sort of the phases that you run through on the other side so just know that when you die it's not the end it's actually your true nature your true life um and then eventually you get the itch to and, you know, fig- if dive into this earth life again, and then we plan it and you come back and you start all over again. Yeah. So what I will do is I will, um, link some, um, cool books, um, some resources, just some sort of sources that you can go and you can do your own research. And, um, I hope that, um, you know, it, 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 it's, you find something that sort of gives you that, those answers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of this is um, the interest in this is because we're trying to get to know ourselves better. Yes. And and that's that's great. I mean, that's kind of part of the point of why we're here. Right. That's part Mm -hmm. of part of all the lessons is to get to know yourself, understand yourself so that you can be the best version of your most authentic self. So I think that's where where that interest comes from, where when you get curious about this information and you want to know more and more, but also recognizing that just being in the moment and living in your day-to-day and just focusing on that, focusing on being your most true authentic self and what that looks like is the best you can do you know, regardless
0: of how much, you know, or don't know. Exactly. Exactly. It's about self-mastery. I mean, that's really what, um, you know, incarnation is. It's about self-mastery and you choose a role. Um, You know, I'm going to, I'm going to master myself as this specific physical being. Right. And all of these experiences as a result of being that. And, you know, so, um, you know, and self-mastery is like higher education, you know, It, it, some of the cool things you know that real quickly about living on the the other side is like how do we communicate we communicate telepathically non-verbal because we don't have lips or throat or a voice box or whatever and all of our energy and our our, our sort of communication comes from our heart center um but you know, you can also have the the astral sex, is what I call it. It's it's just like this pr- form of consciousness between spirit that exists through touch. Their auras actually merge, and I it's 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 been explained that it's actually um, much more um, wonderful and blissful than actual physical sex. So. Hmm. Yeah, that's always cool. Also, there are no misunderstandings on the other side. There's no non-truth. There's no unspoken because everything is so authentic and genuine and, um, you know, non-judgmental. And it's just, it's more about curiosity. Like, hmm, you know, Um, so I think that's really cool. And then um, like our light body. Like physically, Mm -hmm. proportionally, we are larger and taller in spirit because we are energy, we are light and energy, and that can't be contained. That's another reason why physical bodies are so uncomfortable. Oh, okay. And how we look, we look human, but that form is made entirely of light. So that's just one of the ways that we can appear. We can appear in a bunch of different ways. Yeah. Uh, Um. You know, the, our light body, and um, it's luminous and it's been reported to have like a golden aura. I don't know. I've just read that a couple times and I think that's really beautiful. Um, but what we are is we're crystalline in structure instead of carbon-based because as humans, we're carbon-based and that just mm-hmm. means that we channel higher frequencies of energy because we don't have the physical, the flesh, bone and blood and all that stuff. So, yeah. Cool. Oh. And um, plants and animals, we all exist co- um, harmoniously. Um, you know, we don't keep them as pets; they just live with us. Um, our circle of friend is much bigger. Uh, we easily bond with like-minded soul because we have a unified consciousness. Uh, we live on energy, so we don't have to eat. There's no pain illness or suffering. Um we are very social and we require lots of public gathering spaces. And so I thought this was interesting. Many of our of the the replicas um on the other side. Uh, I'm sorry, many of the buildings on the other side are replicas of like, you know, our most sort of beloved 3D structures here like the Sydney Opera House and stuff like that. So, oh, interesting. Yeah, isn't that cool? Um but we engage in sports and all of that stuff and art and, you know, we never tire and everything we do, Um, you know, there's no time and apparently the weather is always like 75 degrees, which I don't know. If <laughs> I don't know if that one is, but I thought that one was kind of cool. Like, you know, like, oh, good. It's like San Francisco, perfect weather all the time. I mean, can't complain. Yeah, no. so.
1: That means you never talk about the weather because it's always the same.
0: <laughs> right. Small talk is not allowed on the other side. No. <laughs> I'm sure it's allowed. It's just not necessary. So. Yeah, you don't need to have it. Yeah. So so that is in a nutshell what life on the other side is like. Um, wow. There are questions that people asked in the esoterics group and any that I didn't answer based on those. Then I'm going to actually go into that group and I'm going to... Um, write out answers to that so
1: wonderful yeah well that was great that was a lot of wonderful information thank you That was a
0: lot of information yeah all right now let me see what the questions were all right so one of the questions that we got from um, members of the esoterics group when I asked for you know any questions about the other side one of them was suicide pros and cons what okay. th- what do you think
1: I mean I don't <laughs> want to give anybody pros or cons about suicide I don't think that's a way to look at it but I, think, I don't <laughs> right. but I I, don't know, I I think I understand what they meant um because I think a lot of us have this question because we lose people to suicide you know it happens and we worry that they're going to go to hell Or that they're lost or that, you know, whatever, whatever preconception, preconceived notions we have around suicide, we're scared for them. And then also the pain that we're left with, you know, uh, but um, but I think it's important to know that they're not in pain, that they're okay when they're that there's no punishment for people when they commit suicide they're not going to a quote-unquote bad place i really believe that 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 whole idea of hell is a stupid human construct that we've put on people in order for them to be afraid of something otherwise we don't have any faith in them that they're going to act right uh, uh, 100%. I, I mean i me personally as a human i don't need you to you know scare me with hell for me to act right like i'm right but anyway but i guess some people do i don't know i don't that that somebody asked that question of like how would humanity um act if there if they they knew that there were no consequences to any of their actions in the next life you know or or when they died um how would they carry on their life it's like well i don't i don't know
0: like, you know well i think anybody who has a healthy respect for who they are, their own morals, their own values, and then of course the karma, if they believe in karma and yeah. all that stuff, then you know, and and they're emotionally healthy and mentally and emotionally healthy, then you know they they don't yeah. There's so many factors in that, mm-hmm. but there yeah
1: yeah there are. So as far as cons, the cons to it are on you know it's not it's not about the that person who's who's left they made that decision and they've checked out yeah it's it's what it what that lesson does to the other people who are left behind in the 3d reality because we're the ones you know when we when i when i lose someone to that then i have to live with that pain i have to deal with that grief um losing someone in general, regardless of how you lose them, there's so much pain involved with that. And, and there's, there's that longing for them and how it, maybe it changes you, what it teaches you about yourself. There's, there's all of that. So it's more about kind of the burden that it can leave the people who are left behind with, um, more so than, you know, that, that soul just, they, they made their decision, you know, they couldn't take it anymore and that's it. I can't, we can't judge that. Right. Um, but I don't think that uh, believing that they're going to be punished for it helps anybody.
0: Right. Right, right, right. You know, I completely agree. I, 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 like I said earlier in the, in the podcast, I don't, um, to me, suicide is, you know, you've chosen to go home. End mm-hmm. of story. In mm-hmm. all of the, you know, earthly Circumstances and decisions and choices that involved in that are simply earth constructs. They mm-hmm. are ex- outcomes and situations as a result of being physically incarnate. But the act of saying, I want to go home, there will never, no amount of religious scholars or even experts will ever convince me that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Um, you know, spiritually at the soul level, universally, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, And God certainly isn't like, oh, that's it. I'm mad at you. No. Um, You know, if I have to assign uh, hell, I would say that it's more um, consistent with um, like shamanic, um, the shamanic sort of um, levels of lower earth, middle earth and upper earth. Right. And so that middle earth, the bardo, I guess is really, um, mm. you know, because I think I've mentioned this before that when I did a, my, one of my first shamanic journeys, I had meant to go, I was journeying to the upper world mm-hmm. and I got off at the wrong place. And I was, I was, I don't know, whatever shamanic trance you're in. Uh-huh. Um, but there were all of these beings, like they all had these complete white bodysuits on or like gray bodysuits, no face to them. And they were just coming up to me and standing really close to me. They couldn't see me because they didn't have eyes or faces or anything, but they were coming super close to me. And I was like really uncomfortable. And I remember pushing their, one of their faces away. And what I got from that meditation was, it's not that they're there to hurt you. They're attracted to your energy mm-hmm. because your energy is vibrant. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, Oh, and then um, I just remember hearing, you know, you went through the wrong door and I look up and there's my spirit guide and then he pulled me up and there I was in the upper world. So hmm. yeah, I wasn't high, <laughs> 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 that wasn't marijuana. Mm-hmm. So that was just one of those crazy experiences. But that's what I likened to, um, I guess, quote unquote, hell it was just nothing. You just, you don't, you're, you you do not experience anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. One more question. Um, and then we will wrap this up. Okay. Um, so this is an interesting one. So I'm going to pose this to you. So one of our listeners, Angeli, she said she's torn about whether some souls, um, why they don't cross over. Mm. Um, so basically why would they still hang out? You know, so I, from this, I'm guessing that she's asking, um, you know, how is that going against their soul plan? Wouldn't it be part of their soul plan? And they should cross over. I, I think the question that she's asking is that she's unsure. Like, she doesn't believe that souls are earthbound, maybe? Oh. I mean, we talked about this.
1: It's in that whole episode, we kind of, in the earthbound spirits episode, we talked a lot about why a soul would stick around and a lot of it is having to do with judgment or a traumatic event or they feel like they still have um business to take care of um that they maybe left things unsaid or they didn't you know they didn't take care of everything they needed to take care of but as far as that part being part of their soul of their soul's purpose or their soul blueprint that's kind of i see that's it's a good question but i Do we, when we write out our soul blueprint, we're just writing it out for that specific incarnation. So then doesn't it no longer apply when you are no
0: longer attached to that body? I I mean, yeah, that's like, yes, that makes sense. I mean, so if you cross over, um, but you decide not to, or if you die and you decide not to cross over, there's no plan for that. That's not written. And I don't know that anybody's ever come through and said, well, the plan for me was just to hang out and be an earthbound spirit. No. You know? (laughs) So we don't lose that consciousness or that free will. Um, Mm. So her question, she's like, why would there be lower vibrational ghosts that we need crossing over and why would a medium be needed to step into this process? So, again, I just feel like, um, hmm, you know, I feel
1: like the medium is just does it helping to aid in the situation because they're a person that is more i guess high vibe right and that's part of the problem with those earthbound spirits is their their vibration isn't as high as it should be in order for them to cross over into the light and so that's where the
0: medium steps in and helps basically just guide them right 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 yeah i I'll reach out and see if um if um you know, she has some clarification on that, but mm-hmm. um, I, I'm not super sure of the question actually, but it, it there are lots of really good questions in it, but at overall, yeah. I'm not really sure what the overall question is. So Yeah. All right. Well, this a lot, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been a great conversation today.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. And just a reminder, you guys can find us on all the socials under Esoterics Podcast, and be sure to join our Facebook community, The Esoterics Group to hear firsthand about our services, events, and courses, as well as get intuitive development
0: tips, card pulls, free meditations, and a lot more. Thank you for sharing space. Stay mystical, magical, and ready to do it again oh, next week when we will be uh, recording from
1: Idle Wild, And we'll be giving you a wrap-up of our Journey the Wild retreat.
0: Yeah, so that'll be fun. So no topic. You'll we'll just sort of get to hang out with us and uh, listen to all the good stuff so that yeah. next time when we have our next retreat, you can be a part of that. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Bye, guys.